Welcome back to True Crime Shrine. It's a podcast where planets align and three friends chat about true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. We are your host, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. Welcome to episode 32. <laughs> Thanksgiving! I hate this holiday. Oh, The gluttony holiday. I just think it's stupid and boring. I don't like turkey. It is the one holiday that is not set with like a Christian tradition sort of thing too, though. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still a colonizer tradition. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think the last two years in a row, I just stayed at home and ate a pot of stovetop stuffing. <laughs> and that's that was it. That's the part it. that matters. That was, mm-hmm. mm, that's a good part. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because I love to eat, and so <laughs> it fits right in with that, and I also love to drink, and in my family, we're just a bunch of dorks, and we like to play games and have fun, and this year, I ordered a To Hunt a Killer game. Ooh. Oh, my goodness, really? Oh, you'll have to tell us how that goes. It is, like, something at a dive bar is the case. Hell yeah. (laughs) And so I'm super excited to play it because my sister and her boyfriend will be in town. So we'll we'll get to have beverages and play this fun. I'm hoping it's fun. I hope it doesn't turn into a competition. (laughs) I know. It sounds like it should be a collaboration. You'll just solve this crime. I'm hoping so. But after a few beverages, I don't know, we do get a little competitive. (laughs) That actually has something to do with my story. Oh. oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. I was insane. You get a family together. I yeah. do have trivia for you guys. <gasps> oh. Yay. All right, Hannah. Win some more booze. <laughs> I need to actually pass that booze back to Meredith. I keep <laughs> forgetting to actually do it. That's all right. The awesome part about this is that you guys are already winners. Oh. This is true. I sent you some Thanksgiving-themed wine. Yay! Yes, you did. You've received your winnings for this. And if Westport Winery in Westport, Washington would like to sponsor us, that'd be super great. Sup, Hello! Westport. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to up my game a little bit, so we'll see. So there are 10 questions. Boop, 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 boop. I am three glasses of wine deep. Oh, Wow. You started nice and early. Starting from like five, though. So it's like the one an hour. Not too bad. Are you drinking? I'm not because I already had another bottle open. I didn't want to okay. open two at a time because then I'd really be an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you want to like make sure that you don't have two open bottles starting to kind of go bad. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, well, I should open one tonight. And then I thought, oh, man, I already have this Zinfandel. So I'm working on that one. But that the other one's going to come soon. I think you'll start with the cranberry. Oh, cute. Oh, it's adorable. So this is Thanksgiving trivia. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Question one. How many turkeys do Americans prepare each year on Thanksgiving? Jesus. <laughs> uh, 
seven million americans are there i was gonna go to like two million oh way off ladies we're going 46 million whoa whoa <laughs> no the national turkey federation or the ntf which is a thing has estimated but- that a Approximately 46 million turkeys are eaten at every Thanksgiving. The holiday is then followed by 22 million turkeys at Christmas and 19 million turkeys on Easter. This is just showing my turkey hate where I'm like, Ugh, 2 million at most. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes I'm bad turkey? at recognizing Gross. how many turkeys are needed to feed a family and how many families. I was trying to figure out tradition. like how many people live in the united states and i was like yeah fuck it i have no idea <laughs> i was yeah, way off numbers. way really off numbers. especially big ones we're good at small micro numbers there you go all right question two male turkeys gobble what do female turkeys do chirp they kind of do like little squeaky things i think yeah I was say Sarah probably knows. I was just going to try to make a weird noise. I don't know if there's a specific name for it, though. It's called yelping. So they Yelp, cluck, yelping! Yeah, they <laughs> cluck it and they yelp. So hens cluck and then they make the small chirp-like noises, which are called yelps. And both so hens and gobblers cackle when flying down from the roost. <laughs> and they are also known to purr while running. Running. <laughs> Male turkeys use their unique gobbling and strutting skills to attract the ladies, and a good gobble can be heard from over a mile away on a quiet Damn. day. Damn. I'm just like it's annoying for the humans in my ears right now. I know, right? <laughs> there used to be a band of turkeys. I mean, there were several bands of turkeys that would hang are. out in Davis, but there was one by my apartment complex, and they would like always sit on my car. Because it was warm in the wintertime. It was, like, warm. And so they'd, like, hang out in my car and just, like, have these massive turkey poops all over it. And I would be so mad. I didn't know turkeys could fly until I saw them on people's roofs of their houses. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if you drive by them, though, and, like, lean out the window and gobble at them, they'll sometimes gobble back, which is, like, the funniest thing. That's amazing. They're like, well, fuck you! <laughs> What'd you say to me? <laughs> I think my favorite was probably four or five years ago when the turkeys were like taking over the town and there was that Tom. My favorite news article of all time was about someone had the call 911 from inside their car because the turkeys wouldn't let them out. <laughs> they get mean though. Tom I know. Was, like aggressive to humans. I believe it. And so I'm like, it was just a hilarious That's so story. Funny. But I, I would be scared as well. I saw one video that was a turkey attacking a motorcycle rider. Like, he had stopped at, like, a stoplight, and it was just like, it's on, bitch. Let's go. (laughs) No way your motorcycle would be louder than me. I know, right? Yeah. You're, you're like, drowning out my good gobble. How will I get the ladies? All right. So, our friends to the north also celebrate Thanksgiving. What day is Canada's Thanksgiving? I feel like it's on the twelfth or something. No, I don't it's think it's than in that. November. Yeah, it's it's earlier than that. I think it's like well, I already gave my answer, so I messed up. But go for it. Well, I was gonna say not November. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, it is the second Monday of October, and Thanksgiving has been officially celebrated as an annual holiday in Canada since November sixth of eighteen seventy nine. Wow! Second Monday of October. Why is it a Monday? I don't know. Why are we having Veterans Day on a Thursday? True. Very true. Do they have a different, like, Thanksgiving story in Canada? Or is it still the Pilgrims? 
It's somewhat similar. I did look it up a little bit. It's somewhat similar, but they're not as, I guess, into it is what I read. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So Black Friday is the biggest day of the year for what trade profession? People that sell things. I was like, sales? What is the question? question? This is a true question. (laughs) Oh, biggest day of the year. Heck, toys. This is a trade profession? Mm -hmm. A truck driver. So something that you go to trade school for? Uh Uh-huh. Plumbing. Oh, (gasps) ding, ding, ding. Oh, my God. Yeah, plumbing. Oh, gross. (laughs) Ew, ew, ew. So it is for the plumbers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Roto-Rooter has reported that kitchen drains, garbage disposals, and, yes, toilets require more attention the day after Thanksgiving (laughs) than any other day. So... Should it be called Brown Friday? Oh, that's gross. <laughs> oh my god, I love hate it. <laughs> oh god. All right, up wow. next. On average, how many calories are consumed oh, during our Thanksgiving meal? Think big on this one. Four thousand. Uh, I'm gonna go with twenty eight hundred. Okay. Well, Hannah's closest. Yeah. She's right in the middle. So. 3,000 calories for the meal, and then 4,500 calories for the meal, drinks, and dessert. Is that pie? Oh, drinks too. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. I was thinking the pie, but also the butter and the mashed potatoes and everything. Oh my god. Heck yeah. It's a big meal. I was like, let me just double the uh, recommended daily value. Nope. Basically. Sarah, you guess low for someone that can uh, eat a lot. I know, but I'm thinking <laughs> about, like, green beans and, like, I don't know. I might hit 2,000 calories on a Thanksgiving, but. <laughs> well, if you're only eating stovetop, how much stovetop are you eating? <laughs> the Five pa- boxes. The pan full <laughs> out of the pan so I don't have to get something dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I've been doing Christmas shopping, and I just saw this gravy boat, but it's a cat that's vomiting. Oh, my God. I love it. I don't know if everybody would. <laughs> no, but wouldn't that be funny just to put out for a holiday meal and just see what re- reactions people would have? Especially if it made, like, noises. I know. <laughs> There's your gravy. <laughs> All right. So up next, what U.S. city has the oldest Thanksgiving Day parade? Hmm. I don't know if New York City is, like, too obvious. Yeah, I was thinking, like, older I don't know. Boston's old. I was going to say Boston. 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 What? What? It's Philly. Oh. Okay. So first held in 1920, the Philadelphia Thanksgiving Day Parade has a vibrant legacy as the oldest Thanksgiving Day Parade in America. The parade was created by the Gimbel Brothers Department Store for the children and residents of Philadelphia. It's kind of a bummer that they didn't get the televised parade. They've been here this whole time. Are they not big enough? I don't know. Maybe not. Or maybe it's just like a local... I guess the oldest one, but not the biggest one. It's New Mm -hmm. York City, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, who was the first U.S. president to pardon a turkey? Hmm. Was this not Roosevelt? (laughs) Jimmy Carter. (laughs) No. It was John F. Kennedy. Oh my god. (laughs) Wow. So, the first president to unofficially pardon the turkey was Abraham Lincoln. 
who instructed the White House to save a bird that had been given to the president. Lincoln's son had grown fond of the bird, and Lincoln was evidently a, a pretty big animal lover. But John F. Kennedy started the trend by publicly sparing a turkey that was given to the White House, and he decided after receiving the bird on November 19th of 1963 that it shouldn't stay as dinner. I hope it just, like, ran around the grounds for the rest of its yeah, life. Yeah, like, what is the turkey... Does the turkey get to live in the White House now? I don't think so. I think they go to the farm. I don't oh, know. Yeah, he just yeah, goes, yeah, he just goes back to the farm for the and next day. <laughs> killed for somebody else's dinner. Thanks, John. Christmas dinner, right? Oh, <laughs> he man. might make it to Easter. We don't know. Yeah. All right. What state raises the most turkeys? Man, <laughs> what do turkeys like? <laughs> <laughs> got not a clue i'm gonna go with kansas okay sarah oh god (laughs) this is so bad uh we know nothing about farming (laughs) i I know nothing kentucky (laughs) although they're more for chicken i guess there's like poultry it's minnesota is it really oh my god Mm -hmm. oh kirk (laughs) According to the U.S. Census Bureau, Minnesota is the top turkey-producing state in America, and it produces about 49 million annually. It gets so cold in the winter. Does turkeys do okay like that? Evidently. They, they all get murdered before it gets too cold. Oh, that's true, too. I thought they'd take longer than a year to get to full size, though. I bet. Yeah. Maybe I'm sure not. they probably have something indoorsy. Minnesota. Huh. All right. I guess my parents should get a turkey for Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> Okay, up next, what famous Christmas song was originally written for Thanksgiving? Oh, God. What's that one about, um, like, over the river and through the woods? <gasps> to grandmother's house ding. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, that's for, that's for Christmas? It's for Thanksgiving, actually. So it's Jingle Bells, and it was first really? published in 1857, and it was written by James Lord Pierpont to be sung on Thanksgiving, not Christmas. And the original title of the song was One Horse Open Sleigh, but was changed to Jingle Bells when it was reprinted in 1859. That's not the same song. That That's not the same song, of. though, no. Oh. That's Jingle Bells. I'm thinking, over, I don't know the tune to Over the River and Through the Woods to Grandmother's House We Go. Okay. Or is that just a poem? No, it's I, a song. I remember singing it. I played on the piano when I was a kid. I'm going to have to Google it now. Yeah. Well, this one is Jingle Bells. I well, fine. That's that was fascinating. Bells. <laughs> Back when it, like, actually snowed early. I, I know. Guess. You probably yeah. went on a sleigh ride after dinner. Yeah, right? <laughs> you so had cute. a sleigh and horses? Yeah. <laughs> In 1857? Yeah, probably. So, what was, and this is the last one, I think, what was the first video game character featured in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade? Or the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Sorry. Something that eats a lot. Kirby. (laughs) I'm going to go with Mario. Oh, he's a plumber. (laughs) Oh, God. That's Kirby hilarious. eats a lot and Mario's a plumber. Got it. Mario's there to, like, clean up the mess after Kirby shits (laughs) up the drain. (laughs) It was actually Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, Sonic. Mm-hmm. Cute. Sonic was first represented in the Macy's Day Thanks- 
Macy's Thanksgiving <laughs> Day Parade in 1993, at the height of the character's initial popularity, Macy's and Sega partnered to create a six-story tall helium balloon of the video game character, promoting the upcoming release of the Sonic the Hedgehog 3 video game. Wow. I don't think about it very much, but those balloons are very stupid large. They're yes. huge, yeah. So that is Thanksgiving trivia. We were not super great at it, but... No. <laughs> it's okay. It was still fun. Definitely learned things. Now you have trivia facts to take to your Thanksgiving dinner. Yay. When people ask me what I am thankful for this year, I will say that you gals are at the top of my list. Oh, the podcast. Sweet. I know. So now let's talk murder. Yay. Well, let me say second thank you is Morris. Oh, Morris. Hi, buddy. And for our listeners, we're looking at Morris right now, but you can also hear Morris on every episode at the very, very end. He's part of our brand. (laughs) He's going to go on the ground now. (laughs) I still can't get over the way you just, like, toss your cats. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't feel like I toss them in a mean way, but then I went to Sarah's house, and I just kind of plopped on her off my lap. Did the same thing to my cat. And he was just like... like Oh, what the fuck was that? And I was like, Otter, my cats have three legs. Come on. He like he like stumbled and like looked up at her like, how could you? Gentle. Gentle, please. I was just this is a regular cat toss. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what I have to say to my daughter, like soft soft. Soft soft. <laughs> yes, Otter. <laughs> Otter was definitely telling me that. I had no idea. Oh, there comes Wobbles. Wobbles is like, I'm gonna be thrown. <laughs> They might start wrestling. All right. Trivia check. Mm-hmm. We have some stories to check off. Who wants to go first? I'll go last with my Black Friday Oh, yeah. Stories. That one's probably go last. Maybe I'll go yeah. first, I guess. Sure. Yes. But I will say this is the story, like, when me and Meredith recorded last week at the end we're like should we do thanksgiving are there thanksgiving crimes and we had a quick google and i was like oh yeah we're doing thanksgiving (laughs) um (laughs) so this is a thanksgiving story that's uh extremely on brand for me so three guesses well it wouldn't be fair right yeah you cannibalism (laughs) yeah i think sarah's that too uh yeah well you know it's a it's a holiday about eating I don't want any of that. Wasn't it like the, the three magical seas or something? It was like cannibalism, castration, and something else. I don't remember. The three magical seas? Three magical seas. Cannibal, cast. okay. I don't know what the third one was. I have no idea, but I'm <laughs> curious to learn. All right. I am not going to have any astrological information for this one, as the most that I could find on Omeima. Ari was that she was born in the year 1968 in Egypt. Okay. I'm going to go with Omeima as the pronunciation. Perhaps Omeima. It sounds like Jemima. Mame. Mame. <laughs> she likes to mame. She really does. So Omeima, Omeima, you know. I like Omeima. Omeima. I've been thinking Omeima in my head this whole time that I can't switch it right now. <laughs> I listened right before I logged on. I was like, how do people say this? They say it all sorts of ways. Okay. Anywho, so she was born in Egypt, and to say that she had a rough upbringing is an understatement. 
She was born in a poor village in southern Egypt and claimed that her father would violently physically and sexually assault both her and her mother, which this is a claim of hers, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a young girl, she was also forced to undergo female genital circumcision, oh. which is a rabbit hole that I went down, but I'm not going to do now. That is so fucked. Yeah. This is a holiday episode of kind of, but it's woof. <sighs> yeah. No thanks. Yeah. So she had to do that and that would result in sex being extremely painful for the rest of her life. Her mother finally left her husband and moved to Cairo with Omeima, where they lived in a slum called the City of the Dead. Oh. Which I, sounds actually kind of metal, but it's all the shacks were being built around all the tombs that are in Cairo. Oh. Okay. When she was 18, Omeima met an American oilman who was in Cairo on business, and they began a sexual relationship. So I will say, even though sex is painful for Omeima... I think she does use it to get to where she wants to be. Okay. It said that her mother insisted that the two get married, but I don't think it was a very hard sell. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, marrying this American oilman is a big step up out of the crushing poverty in which she lived. Mm-hmm. And then in 1986, the oilman's contract wrapped up in Egypt and the couple moved to Texas. The marriage didn't last. What? Surprise. <laughs> So Amema was left alone in a foreign country where she didn't speak the language very well. Uh, she was able to support herself with various housekeeping and nannying jobs, as well as occasional modeling gigs and petty theft. Petty theft. Yeah. All right. Her main source of income seemed to be boyfriends, though. Okay. And yep. so she would meet someone. Oh, they are totally wrestling. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mad kitties. Yeah. Morris always starts it, and then he's the one whose tail is I love just gigantic. It. I'm like, this is you. In my house, when our two cats fight, my daughter will scream literally at the top of her lungs, this is a house of love. <laughs> <laughs> this is a house of love. Take your back hairs down. I know, right? You could call them in German. Have you guys heard that when you, no. in German? It gets their attention. It's Stardenberden Hardenbart, but you say it really loud and in a German accent, and then they're like, what the fuck did you just say? Stardenberden Hardenbart. <laughs> no, Morris is still just, Morris is poised. Oh, yeah, he well, is. <laughs> Look at him. I, he's P.S. Oh he started this. <laughs> This is why I think Wobbles is getting nicer in his old age and Morris is getting meaner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Amema, like, well, I don't know if she liked men, but she used them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would meet someone, move in with them right away and spend all their money until she got bored or she was confronted. Uh, former boyfriend, Robert Hansen, not the murderer from Alaska. <laughs> oh, very good point. Mm-hmm. This would be great if this happened to Robert Hansen because he testified at her later trial that before Omeima left him, she tied him to a chair, threatened him with a shotgun, and robbed him. (laughs) Wow. So, you know. So she's getting money. I think that's like a step above petty theft. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in October 1991, Omeima had moved to Orange County, California, which I guess I'm going to Orange County again. (laughs) Where she met Bill Nelson, who was a loud and, like, flashy 56-year-old Texan. Another Texan in California. But, like, I think he's pretty much stereotypical what you think of a 50-year-old Texan. 
He had a ranch. He's that guy. Okay. I envision handlebar mustache. I do too. And I also envision um, Wranglers and like a big belt buckle. Okay. But like the Orange County version of this. So it's like a little bit white collar rancher. (laughs) (laughs) He lived in Orange County, but he did have a ranch. It's very confusing. He also at one point, he originally was a pilot and smuggled marijuana for a while and got caught. And so was in federal prison for four years. Uh. (laughs) All right. So is he really a rancher then, or is there something in the cornfield? After he came out of prison, he was like, I think I might go back to being, a, I might go be a rancher instead. <laughs> okay. There's something in the cornfield. Don't look too close, it's Texas, so just let him, <laughs> just let him have it. Yeah. Stereotypical Texan man imagined. Mm-hmm. Within days, this new couple got married. Days? Yes, That's days. sick. I would say even less Damn. than a week, it seems like. It's a little murky here because Bill was still married to a different woman and the oh, so. <laughs> divorce proceedings had not been completed at the point. Okay. But he married Omama too. He won't last long enough for this to be a problem, but this would become a problem if it was a regular relationship. Okay. Bill took Omama to on a quick honeymoon to Texas and Arkansas to meet his family. So romantic. I know, right? I was like, oh, yes, please. Go on a road trip to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) And his family was understandably a little bit suspicious of his new, very young wife, Mm -hmm. who was younger than some of Bill's own children. Oh, Oh, Jesus. I'm just going to say, it's a bad look. Mm -hmm. It's always a bad look. She was able to impress the Texan relatives, however, through a show of toughness which the Texans respect, where, after being thrown from a horse, she simply asked for some aspirin and vodka and moved on and didn't make a fuss about it. So that's how you get the Texans. She's like, I've been through worse. Yeah, and I didn't get any aspirin or vodka. Yeah, she had her lady parts all messed up. Yeah. So she kind of impressed the family eventually. I mean, I don't know if I can impress a Texan family, but I don't want to be on the horse to I don't know if with. I want to. I just don't like horses. I don't want to be a part of a family where I have to impress them. No. I'll drink some vodka <laughs> with you guys, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So by Thanksgiving, the couple were back in Costa Mesa, California, living in Bill's apartment. They had been married for one month at most. Okay. So where's his other wife? She was also in Orange County somewhere. Like the divorce proceedings were happening. They just okay. had it finished, finished. But I, I don't know what that's kind of a weird area in the law. I don't think you're supposed to get married while you're not finished divorcing. But yeah, whatever. But they were separated. They were definitely separated. Oh, okay. yeah. So on December 1st, 1991, Omema showed up at an ex-boyfriend's house. Jose Esquival would say that Omema was crying and had cuts on her face and hands. She told Jose that she had killed her husband in self-defense. Ooh after he had attacked and raped her on Thanksgiving morning. She asked Jose if he would help her dispose of the body. Don't worry, she's already cut it up, and she would give him $75,000 and two motorcycles for his help. Jesus. Jose said, yeah, sure. Let me go get my hands on a truck and I'll I'll, I'll meet you there. (laughs) But to Jose's credit, he called the police instead. Oh, good job, Jose. Jose. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) <laughs> we have a good guy in the story, Jose. So, Omeima was driving her husband's red Corvette when she was found by the police, and she had a pile of trash bags on the passenger seat. Inside Ooh. the trash bags were what appeared to be human remains. 
including oh. a pair of lungs with visible <gasps> damage from smoking cigarettes over a lifetime, which okay. I thought Whoa. was actually very interesting. But um, Mama tried a couple stories with the cops, including, oh, these are organs from someone who Bill had killed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that one didn't hit super hard. So, so it went to, uh, well, actually, Bill's out of state right now on a business trip. Also didn't hit super hard. The police mm-hmm. had no trouble getting a search warrant for the Nelson's apartment, in which they were met with a grisly scene. I can only imagine. Oh, my God. They found additional trash bags filled with human remains that had been stashed in suitcases. They found a clothes iron that had human tissue and hair embedded in it. In the bedroom, the mattress was soaked with blood and all the bedposts were broken. Oh. In the bathroom, a skin and gutted human torso hung above and drained into the bathtub. No. Like how you would hang up like a piece of meat and drain it. Oh my god. And disemboweled. Like she. she, No. She did it. Well, one second, Meredith, because the the kitchen was the grisliest scene of all. In a deep fryer, police found two human hands fried (gasps) along with some turkey meat. No. Like I'll just hide these in here. (laughs) It's like the the turkey hand art thing. It's going to oh, blend yeah. in just fine. What I was thinking of was uh, frying off, like, fingerprints. <laughs> oh, yeah. She chopped that off makes sense. his hands and, like, you know, for disposal. Uh, in the kitchen trash, they pulled out parts of a human hip mixed in with turkey and cranberry sauce. Oh, my God. And oh. in the freezer, wrapped in foil, was Bill's head. Oh, God. <gasps> Badly burnt, as if it, too, had been deep fried. Oh. <sighs> So, and I, I think one of the, I read this at some point, I only saw this in one article, but it did say that she was planning to smash out the teeth, which is why I think the hand thing kind of makes sense too. Yeah. Okay. But the turkey and the cranberry sauce. Yeah. I guess you could try to like mix it in with regular food, so. And just be like, it went bad. conspicuous. <laughs> it went real real bad it didn't work omema leaned very hard into her story that bill was extremely abusive and that she had killed him out of self-defense over the four weeks of marriage omema would claim that bill was extremely violent and physically and sexually assaulted her while he would scream i paid for you i'm getting what i paid for (gasps) ew that's gross she would also claim that Bill had been into hardcore BDSM and would even pimp her out to his friends. In four weeks? Yes. And this is my least favorite. He once punished her by throwing her new kitten out of a moving car. <gasps> no, 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 no. no. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. According to a Mama. Baby. Mm-mm. I'm saying in my head this never happened and there's like kittens are fine everywhere. Well, she's lied about a lot of she's stuff. She's lied so about far. a lot That's of true. things. So this. Mm, so on Thanksgiving, Amama claimed that Bill had tied her up and held her captive for several days while he raped her. But when she was examined, doctors found no evidence of sexual trauma and also stated that the cut marks on her face and hands were more consistent with cutting up a body than with defensive wounds. Okay. How do you cut your own face while you're cutting up a body? I don't know. Some of those joints Sloppy have to be job. hard to get through. Well, she's never done it before, I don't think. I don't think. I would hope not. I don't know. How else would she know to hang up, like, to gut and hang up the torso so it drains properly? Maybe she... That's a very good point. ...learned it when she was living in that very poor village. I was gonna say, like, maybe she's seen this done elsewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so the medical Oof. examiner determined that the cause of death was multiple blunt force injuries to the skull, which was consistent with the clothes iron found at the scene. After being killed, the body was decapitated, disemboweled, dismembered, and castrated. Oh, okay. Uh, there were ligature marks on Bill's ankles, indicating that Bill had been tied down by his legs, but since his hands had been cut off, they were unable to determine if he'd also been tied down by his arms. But the four broken bedposts seemed to indicate that he was. Yeah, because if he was struggling and trying to get out, then... Mm-hmm. The medical examiner also determined that approximately 100 pounds of Bill was missing. <gasps> A hundred? How much did Bill weigh? I don't know. But this was all in like one day. Yes, so a neighbor would testify that he had heard the Nelson's garbage disposal running constantly for almost two days, starting on Thanksgiving evening, and it Mm. sounded like the garbage disposal was having a tough time. Garbage disposal is not a meat grinder, folks. No, it's not. You know, I can barely handle carrots sometimes. For the trial, her defense attorney would argue that Omama was a victim of battered women syndrome, which developed from both events in her childhood and continuous abuse from Bill. The district attorney was not buying that argument. The ligature marks on Bill's ankles didn't support Omama's story that she had been the one who had been tied down, and it mm-hmm. definitely didn't help that Omama was already facing felony charges for tying up Robert Hansen and robbing him. <sighs> Yeah, he got off easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, fine. <laughs> Take my money. Just go. <laughs> uh, what Omema told her court-appointed psychiatrist, Dr. David J. Scheffner, was also extremely damning. As Omema described it, she turned dismembering Bill Nelson into a ritual, where she dressed up in a red hat, red high heel shoes, and red lipstick before beginning the dissection. She also claimed that the dismemberment was essential. She'd heard the spirits of ancient Egyptians who had told her that if Bill's remains were scattered, he would be unable to go on to the afterlife. And then she turned it up another macabre notch and told Dr. Scheffner she ate Bill Nelson's ribs after cooking them with barbecue sauce. Quote from Dr. <laughs> Scheffner of what Omema said. I did his ribs just like in a restaurant. It's so sweet. It's so delicious. I like mine tender. I do like ribs, and they do say that humans are actually. Like I, I I definitely I definitely just had ribs at Korean barbecue. <laughs> they were very good. Well, I wouldn't describe Omema as that way. No. Uh, neither did Doctor Scheffner, who said that in his all of his twenty years of practice, he had never had a conversation with someone who was quote so bizarre, so psychotic. Well. The jury had some sympathy for Omema, but most members did not believe her claim of Bill's abuse and found Omema guilty of second-degree murder. Uh, the jury foreman, Famous Hooks, told the press... Famous Hooks? That was his name. <laughs> okay. Wow. He told the press, quote, It was a really tough, tough decision. We couldn't come back with a first-degree murder verdict because we couldn't find the evidence. It wasn't there. It took us six days. We worked really hard. I would hope that this jury was offered some therapy in exchange for doing their civic duty, although I doubt it. Mr. Huggs also said that the facts of this case were going to be very difficult to erase from his memory. Quote, all I want to do right now is go home and go to bed. You had to see the pictures of the victim. The pictures were bad enough. But they'll never eat ribs. Ever. Oh, no. But like ruined ribs. It probably them. actually really did, which is sad. Ribs are very good. 
Omeima was sentenced to 25 years to life and sent to the Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla, California, and served her time alongside another TCT alumni, Dorothea Puente. (gasps) Puente. Who also likes to cook. And she also (laughs) likes... Heels. I know. Oh. They dress up together like mm-hmm. red hat, red lipstick, red heels. Here we go. And Dorothy has a nice red coat, purple pumps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Omema has vehemently denied eating any part of Bill, but that hasn't helped her with parole. She has <laughs> been up for parole in 2006 and then 2011 and was denied both times. The district attorney who prosecuted her has appeared in front of the parole board in person to argue against Omeima's release, arguing that Omeima has not taken advantage of any of the self-help programs in prison, has not addressed her issues with alcohol and drugs, and has not taken any personal responsibility for Bill's murder. The parole board denied her, adding that they found her to be, quote, unpredictable and a serious threat to public safety. Yeah. For Omeima's part, she has found God. Oh, God. And does not believe that she is the same person that she was 20 years ago when she, quote, refused to let go of any pain anyone had ever caused her. She looked for love in all the wrong places, but now I value my integrity and my journey. I have a strong desire to help others. While in prison, she also started a long-distance relationship, because she was in prison, with a seven- prison pen pals? Yeah, more prison pen pals with a 70-year-old disabled. Maybe she learned this from Dorothea. Maybe. <gasps> Social Security. So she started a relationship with a 70-year-old disabled man, and they eventually married. And then when the man died, he left Omeima a considerable amount of money in his wheel. His, I never get- Will. Will. When he the man died, he left Omeima a considerable amount of money in his will. There you go. That's not, that word's so hard for me. <laughs> Omeima has also argued that this relationship helps show how she has changed, explaining that she never hurt this man, even though in the trailer where the couple had conjugal visits, quote, there were knives in the kitchen, which I don't think there should be. No. Why would they put any weapons? No. Oh, But my she never God. stabbed this man. So that's something. Wow. I haven't stabbed a lot of people. That's something. Yeah, they're nice in my kitchen. I haven't stabbed anyone yet. Bill's daughter has also appeared in front of the parole board. On Thanksgiving 1991, she said that her father had called her in the morning and invited her to come to dinner with the new couple. Uh, Margaret had angrily declined, but said that her father had remained kind and patient with her. She read a statement about the pain of not having her father at her wedding and not being able to introduce him to his granddaughter. She said that she came to the hearing to, quote, return some human dignity to the man who was my father. I don't know the adequate punishment for a murderer who doesn't even leave a family, a body to mourn over. But I do know Mm. you don't let her out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. True that. Omeo will be up for parole again in 2026. But a lawyer who has represented Omeima on one of her appeals doubts that she will ever be released except perhaps to a mental institution. And see. With no knives. <laughs> Why were there knives in the conjugal trailer? Oh, God. What the fuck, Chowchilla? Dumbass. Yeah. Let's reevaluate your policies for conjugal. That's all I got from there. this. Like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is my story. Wowza. Happy cannibalism Thanksgiving. <laughs> What else do you want to talk about before Thanksgiving? (laughs) Woo! (laughs) All right. I don't know how to segue this. Well, Meredith, you were talking about board games. Mm -hmm. There's some board games in this one. 
Game yes. night. I love it. Oh, I should have looked up how to pronounce this guy's name. Gatis? Christopher Gatis? Gattis? Gattis. Gattis. <laughs> Where's he from? G-A-T-T-I-S. G-A-T-T-I-S. It almost sounds more like Gattis, but... I'm going to say Gattis. So the year is 2017, and we're set in a quiet, wealthy suburb in Chester, Virginia. Okay. Ooh la la. Ooh la la, yeah. 58-year-old Christopher Gaddis is a pastor and director of the youth group services at Grace Lutheran Church. His wife, Jeanette, is a real estate agent, and they've been married for around eight years. In early November, their nice, quiet life is drastically altered. When Jeanette's daughter, uh, dun, adult dun, daughter, dun. Candace, and her boyfriend, Andrew, come to stay for a while. So Candace and Andrew are in their 30s. They're both physical therapists, and those who know, who knew them said that they were the love of each other's lives. They lived in Eugene, Oregon, but were in the process of relocating to Virginia. So Jeanette was delighted to host them as they got their lives in order during their relocation and allowed them to stay for a few weeks. Chris was not pleased. Chris, open up your heart like God told you to. Right? Yeah. He's a pastor. He's a pastor. He's found he's a pastor God. in Virginia. Oh, well. Yeah. And so maybe he's pretty conservative and this couple in their 30s are, I don't know, they've been educated and been living in Eugene, Oregon. So maybe like they're a little bit more on the liberal side of things. I know a lot of Fair. self-proclaimed Christians that are... Keep them in cages, you know, like they don't deserve oh, yeah. to come in. They didn't earn it. Yes. And I'm like, it's just a roll of the dice. Did you? What life you How got. How did you earn it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like it was kind of my, I don't know, guess or assumption here that like Candace and Andrew are more blue than red and Chris is probably quite red. He's yeah. got a lot of guns in the house. He's conservative pastor, Christian dude from the SAF. I thought you were going to say douche. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought you were say douche instead of dude. <laughs> douche dude you know whatever you know same same (laughs) all right so however chris isn't the quiet peaceful demeanored pastor that everyone thought he was he had been arrested twice in the past one for public intoxication and then another for assault and battery and in the latter he'd been drinking pretty heavily when a man and his son were delivering newspapers on his street and chris angrily ran out the front door and confronted them in the middle of the street while they were passing by and pulled a box cutter (gasps) on them Poor Kay. For why? He was drunk, I guess. I yeah, he was drunk and angry that they were passing out newspapers, he I guess. He cannot handle his alcohol. Well, there's angry drunks out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. So, mm-hmm. definitely when Chris gets drunk, he has a temper. Not okay. What was that? I, said, I think someone did a donut in the intersection next to my house. Oh, I thought I heard, like, some tire screech. <laughs> God. Where am I living? Actually, I... Well, I don't do a donut, but I do a U-turn when I come into your house. I can park on the other side of the street. No, that was definitely like a, I'm purposefully making my tires squeal. Oh my God, it's someone else trying to, um, their mating call. Mm-hmm. Ski, ski. Not in front of my house, please. <laughs> it's for you. There are kitties around here. Mm. Calm the fuck down. That's true. All right, so. November 2017, Richie Rich Neighborhood. They've, like, got a hot tub and they're a nice backyard oh, and everything. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right, November, families are gathering to give thanks and eat a lot and feel happy and, like, yay, the weather is turning and we're not living in this, what is it? A cage? Virginia oh. terrible humidity mm-hmm. anymore, maybe? I don't know. But tensions are high in this household. So Chris told his wife, Jeanette, that he wanted Candace and her boyfriend out. He's like, I've had enough of my stepdaughter. Enough's enough. 
Um, they've overstayed their welcome, and everyone's not really getting along. Two days before Thanksgiving, the family was playing a board game when someone mistakenly spilled a glass of wine on the table, and Chris just blew up. He started pushing Jeanette, saying how he <gasps> wanted them out of the house, like physically pushing her. Jeanette, like, you should come with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just leave. He had to be restrained. So luckily, his nephew, also a grown-ass man and large enough to stand up to him, uh, was staying with them during this time. And so he was, rest- like, his nephew helped restrain him when he started to raise a fist to Jeanette. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. This man, clearly Jesus has done nothing to help him. <laughs> so he Clearly misunderstood a lot of things about Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then later, Jeanette goes to him and, or sorry, Jeanette goes to the nephew and asks him to hide Chris's handgun because she's afraid that he might use it on her. Fair. After this violent outburst. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's not necessarily the only gun in the house. It's just probably his favorite one. She's like, hide this. <laughs> mm. So everything seems to be kind of okay for the next couple of days. Thanksgiving kind of goes off without any sort of hiccups until about 6 p.m. that day. So Candace and Andrew are trying to lay low. They are keeping to themselves and enjoying the hot tub in the backyard. When the house surveillance picks up, um, they have like a camera that faces the backyard for security. Mm-hmm. The surveillance camera picks up an angry Chris stomping towards them, confronting and pointing a finger at the couple as they're trying to relax in the hot tub. And then Jeanette is seen coming outside to see what the commotion is about. And she uses her cell phone to start recording the altercation. So Chris notices that he's being recorded, storms off back inside the house, and begins to text Jeanette from their bedroom where he's locked the door and locked himself inside. Oh. Temper tantrum. Yeah. So, 940, she gets these texts from him. Quote, please, please stop threatening me. I am so scared. Please leave me alone. I am in fear of my life. I feel you just want to kill me. Please let me live. What? 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 A minute later, I just want to live. Please, please. Oh. Just oh? And then between 9.42 and 9.58, several other texts. Stop, stop telling me you want to kill me. Stop scaring me. I'm so afraid. And then, you're hurting me. Oh my god. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh my god. 10.10 p.m. Please don't come in my room to hurt me. 10.27. Please don't come after me. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> well, he finally found politeness. <laughs> yeah. 10.30. You want to hurt me. I'm so scared. You and Candy want to kill me. Well, what are they doing? Like, what is she doing with this texting information? Well, she's she's looking at this and she's probably showing yeah. like, her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend, like, what is happening? Yeah. So Jeanette actually at that point, too, was like, this is weird as hell. She's texting back and forth with Chris's nephew, who is now, you know, out of the house, but still probably somewhat nearby. Mm-hmm. He had seen, of course, the altercation the couple of days prior. Mm-hmm. And so she had forwarded him these texts that sh- that Chris had sent her. And the nephew suggested that he that she take Candace and Andrew and go somewhere else for the night because Chris seems to be coming unhinged. Yes. Yeah. So then at 11.06, the nephew writes, the more I learn about my family on that side, the less I want anything to do with it. <laughs> what do you mean he writes like on Facebook or? Like textbook. Or sorry, textbook. Text. Textbook. <laughs> Facebook. Through text to, to Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Jeanette, Candy, and Andrew have been hanging out downstairs trying to be like, this is crazy. This is weird. We're just going to keep to ourselves. They're playing a, vi- a, um, a board game again. And they never got really a chance to go anywhere else for the night. Did it say which board game? It didn't. I was looking for it. I don't know what it was. It's Monopoly. 
Yeah, something like that, right? Um, so it's just the three of them. They're laying low. But within nine minutes after the nephew sent her the, like, I don't want anything to do with my family. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Chris exits the bedroom, goes and gets his gun. Candace's phone somehow had started recording at this moment. So, like, either she started recording or it started, like, recording on its own. Or I don't, I don't know. Like, that's a weird glitch to have. And this is, like, 2017, not, like, an early era of cell phones. Well, she so was she recording. She was recording before. So she... That was Jeanette recording the altercation. Oh. So now it's Candace's. Her daughter's phone okay. um, has the recording. But so I think I think that she actually started recording because she's like, some shit's going to go down. I've got you on camera, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris walks into the kitchen with his fully loaded semi-automatic pistol just like aimed at them. He shot at Jeanette first, killing her almost <gasps> instantly. Oh, Jesus. Turns to Candace, who is screaming, shot her too, kills her. And then Andrew can then be heard on the video recording, scrambling and screaming. And then he's saying to Chris, please, I will go out. I will leave. And he's trying to escape out the front door, but was shot three times and killed. And he died on the front lawn. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah. Three of them dead over... Like, 30 seconds? Yeah, like, real quick. Front door alarm is actually tripped because it, like, the door's ajar for too long, I guess, and, like, they had the alarm set. Mm -hmm. And the home security system calls, and Chris actually says he needs the police to come to the home. Well, he did almost die. Yeah. So the reporting officer comes and you can see on his body cam that Chris is stating, they're probably all dead. They all came after me. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they go in, they start looking over the scene. It doesn't look like anyone was coming after him, especially for the fact that- They were playing a fucking uh, board game. was shot trying to escape the home. Oh, that too. Was he shot like in the back? It doesn't say, but I would assume so because he was like actively running away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he died on the front lawn. So I, yeah, it seems like he definitely got shot yeah. at least once in the back. So Chris was arrested and charged with three counts of first degree murder and three counts of use of a firearm, the commission of a felony. Mm-hmm. His trial was held a year later in November of 2018. And he was sentenced to 100 years in prison for each of the murder counts without possibility of parole because there's no parole for felonies anymore in Virginia. All right. Oh, good. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I did read, like, there's some crazy number gymnastics that they're able to do with this shit. So, th- like, 100 years per murder, because it's first degree, uh-huh. serves concurrently. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then they somehow were able to say that, uh, what was it, like, 45 of the 100 years was already, what is the word? Um, served? Like, not really served, but I can't remember the, the term that they used for it specifically, because I'm knee-deep in wine. Uh, <laughs> just waiting for <laughs> it. Basically, then he had 55 years concurrently left, which is still a life sentence for this guy who's, like, now 59. That is so yeah. weird mental gymnastics, though. I'm like, you went from 300 years to 55 years? What the fuck? Like, no. Keep his corpse in there, rotting. 55 for each murder or 55 total? Concurrently. Concurrently. Which is still a life a life. I mean, sentence. yeah, but why? Yeah. It's weird. But there's a train just tooting its horn. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) Yeah, I heard that. I was going to say, sometimes they will take time off of a sentence if you have served time in, like, a county facility. Yeah, for, like, time served up to the trial, but it's not going to be 250 years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the part that I was like, what is going on here? I'm trying to pull it up so I can see what it was called. Makes no sense. 
Yeah, no, that was that was insane. Shoot, I can't remember what it's called. I bet he thought he was so fucking clever, like setting this tax and setting it up to make him look like a victim. Right? Like, what would you think if you actually were receiving those? I would be like, I think I would have left. Yeah, I totally would have left. But like, he seriously thought that he was gonna like. He's like, I did it. Perfect crime. And yeah. At least he got smacked with three first degree murder chart or sentences. Yeah, he's a fucking narcissist. He's an is idiot. What he is. Yeah, he's just overly self confident in his. You Plus, know. you had his nephew there two days ago. Yeah. That would be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one, this side of my family is fucking weird. Number two, I guess I'll come to this trial. Number three, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're saying it's 45 years suspended on each. Suspended? Suspended? I don't know. What anyway. for? So it's still 55 for each, so that's 165 years. But served concurrently. Oh, not consecutively. Mm-hmm. I she forgot what concurrent meant for a second. <laughs> yes. I am not a lawyer. Uh that's weird. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I don't like is it. what that is. But, I mean, he's never getting out. He's never getting True. out, so I don't know why there was any need to even shave anything off. Yeah, why take any time off? If it doesn't even make... Eh, whatever. Virginia. It just... It bothered me. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, what if yeah. miraculously he does live? No, I want his corpse to rot there for a while. Yeah. I mean, he'll come out real sick, so... Well, if he's... 55 now. Although I'd rather him die in prison. He's 59, or he oh, was 59, 59 in 2018. And he's got to serve 55. Yeah. So, I mean, Unless yeah. he's, like, he's done the for. miraculous yeah. Crusat Hatterack from Dune. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Dune. I was like, no one, He'll be the- no one lives that long. He can't be the miracle that we get. He'll be, like, the creepy grandparent thing in the in the wheelchair from that Spongebob episode when they're feeding the chocolates <gasps> or selling no. the chocolates. No. What? Don't have that reference, but... It- like, just a spinal cord left <gasps> over. Oh! No! All right. Uh, so, uh, Sarah, we're having a game night on Saturday. Let's not kill each other, shall we? No. Or our other lab members. <laughs> Do you guys have a particular game... Uh, that you're going to play? We don't have anything planned. Oh, we played. I'll bring some code names. Oh, we did. And then Joe's girlfriend is cutthroat at Catan. Fiance. <laughs> right. Joe's girl. Yeah, girl. Yeah. I don't know. Fiance. She's chill. I was like, damn, girl. But you know, we'll we'll see where the night takes us. Well, I can't wait to hear the updates. If there's any like flipping of tables and no, everyone's never... well tempered there. Yeah. Never got that bad of a time at a game night. Okay. All right. Now the Thanksgiving turkey has been put down the garbage disposal. The games are put away and it's Black Friday. Black Friday. What a stupid don't day. Don't let people over the parking lots. <laughs> don't, don't go out this Black Friday. There's not enough Just people don't. working. No. Honestly, because we went to that Korean barbecue day and I think there was one waiter. Working his fucking oh. ass off. We gave him a big oh, I so bet. We gave him a big tip. I think another one came yeah. in eventually. It wasn't packed, but we were a party of 12, mm-hmm. which was already late. I was like, and they have a sign for they have openings in every position. So, like, nobody's prepared for this crush of people to come in. No. Especially with their, like, entitledness and greed. Like, just leave them alone. Let them go home. Mm-hmm. So before I dive into the Black Friday portion of this episode, 
I'm just going to put out there that I am not a Black Friday shopper. Nope. I have never been interested in staying out late after Thanksgiving or getting up at the crack of dawn to subject myself to the mayhem that is Black Friday. I hate standing in line. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mostly I eat too much and I drink too much and <laughs> a little I'm hungover. Sleepy. Yeah. I'm not a morning person. There's nothing no. that I want that badly that I wouldn't just save up and buy for, to be honest. Right. I'm usually still digesting the next day, so I don't want to move and go anywhere. I no. definitely don't want to put jeans on to go oh, outside. Well, you don't <laughs> have to put real pants on, but <laughs> Well, and in some places, nobody puts real pants Oh, no. Or pants? (laughs) (laughs) But. (laughs) Just leggings, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Those basically count now, especially after um, a pandemic. Mm -hmm. True. Very true. Several years ago, though, my sister and I traveled to Indiana to spend time with our family for Thanksgiving. And... Black Friday shopping is kind of part of their tradition. So my sister and I were like, when in Rome, right? Let's let's do it. We'll we'll hit the Black Friday shopping, we'll participate in it, and it'll be great. Good Americans. Right? Well, and it's you know, it's kind of fun because we're doing it for them too. So yeah. it's like being an anthropologist and just watching all the monkeys fight. Yeah. <laughs> We have supply chain issues, too. All those fucking cargo ships are, like, there's nothing. Stay home on Friday, you guys. I know. Take a nap. (laughs) I know. So we had a wonderful meal, and then after dinner, we went through the Black Friday ads, and there wasn't really anything that I needed or wanted or had to have, but we... Agreed to, like, assist my cousin with her shopping list. So we would, like, split it up and, like, divide and conquer, right? We could get more done in less time. And we went, our first stop at 11 p.m. was at the Walmart. I was going to say it had to be Walmart. 11 p.m.? They I can't believe they start Black Friday on Thursdays now. Well, this was a few years ago. I think they're actually going to be closed on Thanksgiving this year, but... That's good. Which, yeah, those guys need a break, so. But, yeah, so our first stop, Walmart. This is Cordon, Indiana. This is a very small town in the southern part of Indiana, so it's closer to Kentucky than it would be to, like, Indianapolis. But I was unaware of how serious (laughs) Black Friday shoppers could be. Yeah. And... I'm not sure if all Walmarts are like this, but I'm guessing they are because it's Walmart. A lot of them are. But we'll say shit got real, real fast. Jesus. Yikes. So to kind of paint the picture for you, there's like the door busters or whatever, like the, the, the special items or whatever. They're on these pallets and they're like basically you know, wrapped in plastic and the pallets are sitting in different areas of the store. And then like when you walk into the Walmart, they give you like this map that shows you where like that specialty items are. So this is way more organized than I thought it was. It actually the map. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the item that I was tasked with getting was the griddle, right? <laughs> it's like $10 for like a pan, you know, the yeah. pancake griddle. Yeah. 
And um, so the griddle palette was over like in cosmetics. And that's logical. Right? Put a palette where you can. (laughs) Right. And then like my sister, she was tasked with getting like a certain type of Barbie doll that was over. I I didn't even remember where those were. I think they were actually in the toys. Toys that make sense. Yeah. So we were assigned, you know, to our item and we got to the store and we went to our areas and I was like right at the palette. I was right there. And there's people like like coming in and they're circling. It's like vultures. This is like a... It's intense. Intense. And this is like a definitely a... I'm going to do topical Travis Scott. This is a crush, like, crush situation. So, and the there's a store associate, like, assigned to each palette. So, like, when it turns, like, 11 o'clock, right, then they slit the plastic, and then it's go time. Like, shit oh is God. on. Oh, my God. So, the chime of 11 comes, and... I'm they people start pushing, right? So exactly what you said. Like people start pushing and people are getting aggressive. And I'm I'm not that big, right? I'm I'm fairly little. And so I'm thinking to and I have anxiety too. So I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna die. For a fucking griddle. For a griddle, you know, it was a good price. For a ten dollar griddle. To be fair. I want my life to be worth more than ten dollars. I'm also smart too, most days. So I'm like, how do I how do I get out of A, this fucking crushing motion that's happening, and B, how do I get out of this panic attack that I'm about to fucking have? So I start screaming at the top of my lungs <laughs> and throwing griddles. Oh my God! Behind me, right? Are they're heavy. No, these are not too heavy. Oh, not like cast iron griddles. No, 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 oh, not the cast iron Oh my ones. God, though. But right, so I'm because they're in these boxes and they're only about yay big. But I'm like (laughs) throwing them, right? And this is distracting to all the people in the back that are pushing because they're trying to get to them. But now Now I've given them the opportunity (laughs) to grab one, right? Because I'm throwing them, and then I snatch up two and I run down the shampoo aisle. So I've got the two that I was supposed to get (laughs) for my cousin. That is some chaos. Oh, my God. It was so fucking crazy. And then I text my sister and I'm like, oh, my God, almost died for the griddle. Where are you? And she had had a very similar situation with the Barbie doll. So she had started hucking Barbie dolls behind her. Wow. This is is like in your jeans. It's a good tactic. Yeah. Right? And uh, so we're we're laughing and we're like, oh, my God, this shit's so crazy, right? And then... My cousin was supposed to meet us, like, kind of over by the DVD section or whatever. And we noticed there's, like, these big giant containers that have, like, these $5 DVDs in them. And there are people just ravaging these things. I mean, ravaging them. And so you can't really, you can't have a cart, right? So your people will leave their cart. So we're, like, kind of walking over to the DVD area. And we look down. And those were kind of over by the underwear. But we look like down the underwear aisle and there's these carts in the aisle and there is a fucking baby <gasps> in the cart by itself with nobody around and my sister CPS. and I are like whose baby what do we do so we literally stood there just to make sure like nobody messed with the baby but like some asshat literally left their like one to three month old child in a goddamn walmart shopping cart 
Paul Martian's A-team. As someone who went to college in a very small town and one of the main activities was going to the 24-hour Walmart when we were really drunk and bored. Sure. <laughs> Walmart always has $5 DVDs. Right? <laughs> this yeah. isn't even a sale. This is just... This is like a weird frenzy. It's of like, just it's normal. <laughs> Violence. It's fucking insane. So needless to say, I have not been Black Friday shopping since. Mm-hmm. I... I will pay full price for something because I can stay at home or I'll wait to Cyber Monday. So I do really love the image of you just screaming though. <laughs> just <laughs> and throwing the Get them and away. the associates probably like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> just do it. No, they really don't. They don't give a shit because they're like, I don't even want to be here. This is not even fucking Let's worth do it, it. buddy. So, for some crime statistics for Black Friday, the top five states with the highest chance of Black Friday violence is, number one, is Arkansas. Oh, that's going to be my guess. Sorry, oh, yeah. Arkansas. Number two, Tennessee. <laughs> Texas on there? No. Number three was West Virginia. Ooh. Number four was North Carolina. And number five was Alabama. There's a little geographical hmm thing there yeah and then stores with black friday incidents is what they call it oh that's very um pc of them right so at 57.1 percent was walmart yeah uh-huh. followed by malls at 17.9 percent okay time out real fast sarah the place we went for korean barbecue was at the arden mall and um, one of Andrew's lab mates' neighbors is a cop. And so apparently the Arden Mall is a huge human trafficking hub. Really? And, oh. like, the guy is like, don't ever park in the parking garage. Honestly, no, don't no, no, go no. there alone. Because they just, they, and I'm like, I do kind of see it. But from the facade, it just looks like a mall. Mm-hmm. I don't like the garage there for sure because it's like, creepy and far from like entrances i've never seen the garage but i usually parked over by like the front side or whatever like where like the bj's entrance is yeah that's the same side that the korean barbecue is on i'm just but i used to go alone but i would never be there after dark i thought that was because i remember the last time i went i was alone because i went to the apple store to have them fix something on my computer and then i went to the barnes and nobles for like two hours which i had a great time but i did not know i was in a human trafficking hub anywho that is so terrible yeah yeah, that's scary as it's shit. It's super so, so So there's a big group of 12 of us that all locked out like, all right. Well, keep the Arden Mall in mind. Okay, I'm, I'm picturing it. But at 7.1%, we've got Toys R Us. At <laughs> also 7.1%, we have Target. I was going to say Target's on there, right? <laughs> and also 7.1% was Best Buy. And then 3.6... No, 3.6% went to Kohl's. Okay. Yeah. Right, no, Kohl's had that big of a foothold, but... Right? Sure. Kohl's cash. At these particular places, the types of incidences, right? So, trampling was 30%. Yeah. Shooting <gasps> was 26.7. Oh, my That's God. That's way too close to trampling. Mm-hmm. Trampling at least might be accidental. Car incidents at 16.7%. <gasps> yeah. Stabbings at 13.3%. Honestly, more stabbings would make sense. It's a close Mm -hmm. environment. Yeah, close environment. And I'm like, if you had a knife in your purse and you were having a panic attack because people were crushing you. Oh, Mm -hmm. stab your way out. (laughs) 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> While screaming at the top mace, of your head. But, you know, put some goggles on, start spraying mace, just like go in a circle. Well, there you go. Because 6.7% were fighting and then also pepper spraying. All right. <laughs> And then some of the more popular crimes to commit on Black Friday include inciting a riot. Oh, man, yeah. Brandishing a weapon, gun, or firearm. Wow. Makes sense. Bad checks. Huh? I haven't think about that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Assault and battery. And then, of course, theft. Wow. You won't even pay the sale price. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the point? I know. Oh, right? maybe to like go out with the masses and you'll be like less likely to get caught if there's a frenzy. Or you can anyway. steal it from someone, the masses, that looks weak. True. Very true. Like out in the parking mm-hmm. lot. Ooh. It's like the, was it a Happy Gilmore? And I'll see you out in the parking lot. <laughs> you guys remember that? I don't ever remember anything <laughs> that happens in a movie. Okay. And that movie I haven't seen in like 20 years. Yeah. And then last week when we were discussing the Thanksgiving episode, Hannah found the website BlackFridayDeathCount.com. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Oh, my God. As of today, right, this is pre-Thanksgiving. Pre-Thanksgiving. We'll have to see what it looks like post-Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So currently it's 14 deaths and 117 injuries. I'm guessing there's a lot more that we don't know about. I was going to say, that seems kind of low. Yeah, it does. And then, so I found a case that I wanted to talk about, but then the more that I looked into it, I was like, oh, this is a really, really interesting case that deserves like more in-depth diving. So what I did was I picked three cases, and I'm going to do kind of a Florida Man-esque, right? Just a short, brief summary of them. So, Arden, Fair Mall. Oh, Oh my God. God. Sacramento. (sighs) November 27th of 2020. And what was funny is... That's right, the pandemic. I know, right? Which why is were a you, little what are you weird. Doing what, why was this even happening? Nobody's vaccinated. Exactly. Ugh. So this was last year, and the funny part was that this is actually Seattle Times reporting this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure, Go figure, fine. Right. The sack bees like we don't need more but bad publicity. <laughs> right. So at the Arden Fair Mall in Sacramento. It was evacuated shortly after 6 p.m. when shots were fired near one of the mall's entrances. A 19-year-old man was found dead inside the mall, and a 17-year-old boy was found critically wounded at a bank outside of the mall. He was then taken to the hospital but succumbed to his injuries and passed away. An 18-year-old was arrested a few days later and charged in the shooting deaths of these two brothers. So this is some gun violence happening Mm -hmm. on Black Friday. The next story is on November 25th of 2016, and this was reported by ABC Eyewitness News in Reno, Nevada. Police were looking for a suspect in a deadly road rage incident over a parking spot. Yeah, I get mad in the parking garage sometimes. Okay. I get mad at people who wait for people who haven't even gotten I to know, the parking garage. I know, that's really fucking insane. Like, dude, find a better one, because <laughs> this one's going to take five minutes and you're holding up the entire line. Mm-hmm. And this happened at the Reno Walmart. Hey! Reno. Walmarts have pretty big parking lots usually, too. I know. Yeah. 
I think the thing for me is like, just park further away and get your exercise. Like, yeah, you're telling the Walmartians to do that, though. I know. But still, like, Jesus Christ, people, is it worth your life? I think not. I think a lot of people have a very warped sense of what is worth. Sure. Seeing all the, I hate the word, but seeing all the Karen activity where you're just yelling because you feel like you've been slighted by normal life. It's just like, shh, 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 you'll be okay. We decided it was Janine, Ah, yes. For the purpose of For the purpose of of my mom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All the Janines. Mm Mm-hmm. But the dispute was over a parking spot, and then, so basically, the other person who felt slighted decided to shoot the person who got the parking spot. So, thank you, Reno. You didn't actually win by getting the parking spot. Nope. And then my last one is from November 29th of 2013, and this was reported by NBC New York. Again, at Walmart... A 29-year-old shopper was pepper sprayed and arrested in New Jersey after arguing with the store manager about a TV and then attacking a police officer. Well, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You got to calm down. Yeah. So Richard Ramos of Newark, New Jersey, was charged with disorderly conduct, aggravated assault on a police officer, and resisting arrest. Police working at the store on the busy shopping day were dealing with some other issues that was going on, and that's when this suspect, like, started shouting and just being weird for whatever reason. And then when the security officers asked the man to, like, leave and tried to, like, physically remove him from the stores when, like, all the shit went down. So then they had to subdue him with pepper spray, and then he was held in jail on a $10,000 bond. So, wow. Who knows? (sighs) Shit gets crazy. Ridiculous, because, like, I am... Hoping that the uh, the two first cases where they murdered somebody, like, prison. Yeah. I hope that actually, yeah. I'm just like, this is what you did for a parking spot? Mm-hmm. I'm not even sh- sure what they were doing at the Arden Mall, but, like, this is what you did for that? It's nothing. In the first case, those were kids, too, though. I mean, they were all teenagers. Could be a gang thing, too. Especially it if it's a human trafficking kind of thing, but. But, yeah. So, folks, eat your wonderful thanksgiving dinner play some board games with your family that hopefully don't lead to murder maybe or maybe not you know your family better than we do and then stay at home just Just stay home let the tryptophan do its work find a nice cat to pet and just like nap eat some pumpkin pies and leftovers let Mm -hmm. your blood pressure go back to normal from all the salt i hate suggesting (laughs) amazon but a lot of other online retailers We'll have sales. Mm -hmm. I just finished most of my Christmas shopping online. I won't tell you how much I spent. (laughs) It's stupid because I only have one child. um... (laughs) Well, you only have one, so she gets all the things. I do really like the idea of, like, order for pickup. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have to wait for the shipping, and it's, like, Um, maybe a little bit faster. I love getting a package. It's ready for you at the store. You don't have to go and fight anybody or find it yourself. It's it's already there. Pick Mm -hmm. it up at your convenience. You're done. Go home. Yep. (laughs) No fighting. And if, you know, this pandemic has taught us anything that retailers really have been able to be successful in these like curbside pickup. Oh, yeah. They figured it out. 
Yeah, utilize those services. Like, don't, just don't. Just don't be murderous over don't. this lovely Thanksgiving holiday. Just eat. Please don't. <laughs> okay. You don't want to be in jail at Christmas time. I so. know, right? <laughs> For Thanksgiving, which is a minor holiday at best. Although, mm-hmm. y'all both like it, so never mind. But. but yeah. So, do we have any astrology for this Thanksgiving week? We do. I have a decent spiel. Continues with other stuff, too. And ends on some food things. Yay, food! <laughs> Alright, so November 21st, Sun entered Sagittarius. Yes, we know. <laughs> yes, but... we know, Sags. Calm down. Yes, we know this. Calm down, Let me fiery. mourn Scorpio season. <laughs> <laughs> But Mercury now also follows and enters Sagittarius on the 24th. Oh, Thanksgiving. So Sagittarius is an inspired fire sign that seeks the broadest possible perspectives and everything that it does and collects all the pieces to form this big picture. The Sagittarius is known for their like likeliness to travel. And so they're often thought to be like a map maker kind of person. Stay home, Sag. And in Mercury, this means that their mental adventures allow them to like go on these crazy big picture kind of schemes. So freedom of thought is what this time holds with like no boundaries um, and an outside of the box kind of style of problem solving. And this is going to help us communicate in an optimistic and forward looking manner. Yay. Okay. So even when you're feeling that food coma, (laughs) you can like imagine something nice. Let your thoughts wander. Wander less for your brain. While you're staying at home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stay home. Don't do anything. Just stay home. Listen to our podcast. Hey, it's definitely what you want to listen to on Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to point out that I missed your poultry and savory gluttonous dinner, if you're a U.S. listener. Um, This day also marks a very sad day for the ancestors of those who who were on this continent first. Yes. Um, So indigenous peoples in America recognize that Thanksgiving Day is a day of mourning, and it's a time to remember their ancestral history, as well as a day to acknowledge and protest the racism and oppression that they continue to experience today. That's a better use of your time on Black Friday. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So although there isn't technically any real witchy holiday between Samhain and Yule, harvest festivals are definitely holiday worthy and aren't necessarily set in any sort of tradition other than just ancient peoples being happy that there's lots of food and staying indoors more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Party time. Um, So fall is certainly a time of harvest, both physical and spiritual. So you can take some time now to think about the seeds you've sown throughout the year and that you might be able to reap some of those rewards now. Or think about maybe some longer growing seeds that might just need an extra push to get to fruition. And then in the meantime, here's a witchy food combo to help you feel like your cornucopia floweth over. So we know goats are very strong symbolism, not only just for like pagan and wicca but in lots of ancient cultures basically capricorns. so goats are strongly yeah capricorns. <laughs> yeah capricorn <laughs> yeah sea goat whatever also, the fuck that is also <laughs> in in like norse oh, mythology yeah. too mm-hmm. so they're strongly tied to ritual strengthening um wildness vigor also often thought of as the trickster um for their intelligence and their wily ways of being able to get through problems however they need to. So for that, I put goat cheese, because goat cheese are this delicious. Yes! Yes. Oh my god. Goat cheese is so good. Cranberries also are really good for love, energy, and abundance. Their vibrant red color makes us, like, think about passion and things that we want to do and pursue. We have that cranberry wine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crack it. 
And rosemary strengthens the mind and signifies loyalty and memory. So you can help out with your friendships by just including a little bit of rosemary here and there. The sticks of in your hair. Made me... (laughs) Oh, yeah, that too. Or, you know, in a gimlet. Rosemary gimlet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's my little foodie trio. Yay! (laughs) However you want to creatively put those together, maybe your Mercury and Sagittarius can help you come up with some fun ways to combine those. out of the box way to do it. Definitely not human flesh yeah no 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 no. No, no. so i also have a trine that's coming up for us on november 29th so mars and scorpio will be trying with neptune and pisces and this is a big energy combination so we're gonna get a super big boost of creativity and it's just gonna be a really magical day all around. So keep that right. in mind. I'll do some painting See, that we day. have something yeah. to look forward to that's not Black Friday. The universe will give us a gift. Yes, definitely. And we would love to hear from you. So you can reach out to us on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, on Facebook at TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com and then check out our website at www.truecrimetrine.com. I'm behind again. (laughs) I've got quotes. Okay, (laughs) quote it up. So I've got two. The first one is from Johnny Carson and it's, Thanksgiving is an emotional holiday. People travel thousands of miles to be with the people they only see once a year (laughs) and then discover that once a year is way too often. (laughs) (laughs) And then a quote from Melanie White. Thanksgiving is a time to count your blessings one by one as each relative goes home. (laughs) Bye. You know, you need your you need your quiet time too. Find the balance. You're like, it was fun. Get the love fuck you, out. Love you. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can love you from afar. Thank you. I love you all from afar, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Please stay home for Black Friday. Do something better with your time. Enjoy our holiday episode and we'll keep chugging along. Chug, chug. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. (laughs) All right. That's it. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.